Hello and a warm manki welcome to you today. I'm Bipa Thomas Sutcliffe, your host, and it's an honor to share Season 7 of the Meet the Mancunian podcast, Social Impact Stories from Manchester with you. This season is all about celebrating the stories of our local change makers and the profound social impact they are creating. Every Tuesday, I shine a spotlight on the incredible individuals weaving the fabric of our community. From grassroots heroes to local legends, their stories are the soul of Manchester. Whether you're tuning in on Apple, Spotify, Google or www meetthemancunian.co.uk get ready for a season that showcases the incredible social impact within our community welcome to the second episode of season 7 of the meet the mancunian podcast social impact stories from manchester passionate about supporting refugees we hear from mona musa refugee and asylum seeker service manager caritas diocese of shrewsbury in this episode I'm delighted to introduce my guest Mona Musa, service manager, Caritas Diocese of Shrewsbury. Thank you so much Mona for taking the time. It's really exciting to find out about your passion for supporting refugees and asylum seekers. Where did that come from? It's all started 8 years ago when my husband got a job opportunity in a hospital in Manso we have to move for I really had a comfortable life. I was working as as a structural engineer. But when I arrived, it was like a whole new world for me. I didn't have any friends. And even though I've been taught in English for years, the accents added another layer of challenge. I felt isolated. But because I am a person who likes to stay active, I began to volunteer at my daughter's school and with different organizations. But the real turning point for me came when I met a lady and he needed accident advice and legal so and then seeing how completely transformed that and hearing about the incredible struggle that the refugees go through that struck a chord hearing about their resilience and determination inspired me to have a passion in equalities this is how my journey started and i really didn't what is the difference between refugees and asylum seekers i just wanted to help people thank you so much for sharing that mona and it's really nice to hear it's very interesting for me to know how each guest gets started with their passion because obviously you have that deep passion and before i ask you about your work with caritas diocese of shrewsbury tell us the difference between asylum seekers and refugees can you explain for listeners on asylum se- seeker they are people coming to to seek refuge because they are fleeing war or because of their religion or sexuality or political and they have to go through a process which uncertain how long it will take or they have limited resources they are not allowed to work in the UK unless they are been here for one year and they are not entitled to education unless they've been here for 6 months while are they are like like a british citizen they are entitled to all benefits after that they get a positive decision or a negative decision and then they can be granted a ref- that's really interesting because i didn't realize there was such a big difference thank you for explaining that and now tell us about your current role where you're involved with caritas diocese of shrewsbury my journey will be for as volunteering and it has been like quite a journey for i'm caritas 4 years ago and it's a large diocese starting from south my initial role is in wisenshaw where i coordinated a project called the will 
And that is a volunteer project to teach English for people seeking asylum or refugees. But my role evolved. I started to lead well-being activities and coordinating temporary accommodation for people. I'm really proud to be a part of a resettlement program as well. It's called Community Sponsorship. And that allows community members and volunteers sponsor refugees' families from the camps. And I really believe that this is the safest way for any family to come to the UK and save them from the dead people smugglers. All the focus of our refugee projects are in South Manchester. And what is Carrots? Is that part of just the name? Caritas. Caritas is the new social action and social justice agency of the diocese. They mentioned more people seeking asylum or if, and they really had to leave home. Often find themselves in challenging cir- circumstances. They are entitled to very limited financial support. So if they live in hotel, they are entitled for nine pound per week. And if they live in accommodation, they are entitled to 47 pound. Considering all the rising cost of living that we are experiencing, it's really tough situation for everyone to cope with. And it becomes even harder if you have children, because it's really hard to explain to the children why they cannot get this. It's very challenging for them. So tailored wraparound services. So that includes essential items like phones, SIM cards, which it's very important for them to even navigate the area and know to call their relatives back home. It's really essential for them. We also work collectively with a lot of organizations to gather donations. And we do form a lot of partnerships to deliver services so like English language because they need to know the language in order to understand the culture that they live in. And we have art and craft sessions for women and children. We have sports activities, especially like football is very popular. Some schools took part as well by delivering sessions in the hotels for the children who are still waiting for school place. We are really trying to make their journey a bit easier. Sense of belonging and support during this challenging time. Thank you for sharing that, Mona. And it sounds like some really useful services to help them settle and integrate. What are the challenges you've faced in this journey of supporting refugees and asylum seekers? I believe many charities would agree that one of the primary challenges is the nation of limited resources and increasing demand of our services. Funding is like a significant issue. That's why we like to work in partnership as well, because we can work more efficiently without duplicating, make the most out of the resources and the constantly changing of the nature of the immigration policies and regulations, how the people that we work with still stay updated and navigating these challenges can be complex. And then raising awareness about refugees and asylum seekers and how to promote the empathy and understanding in the broader community is very hard with how to change the public, especially around the negative meet at the moment. How can we foster a more welcoming environment as well? Is one of the roles that we take well to do raising awareness to the people that we work with through our webinars to talk. And how can we help? It's really important to provide a secure and supportive environment while respecting their privacy and dignity. Um, a, a big challenge. Thank you for sharing that. And they're all very significant challenges. I hear this from many of my guests about collaboration and doing more by partnering so that we're filling the gaps and not duplicating. 
but it's also some very significant things that you're talking about presenting people with dignity and respecting their privacy in times when you have to provide a lot of support. Tell us more about the impact that you've been able to make so far. I really consider myself like very lucky because I can get to see the impact in a very personal way. I can see it from people smiling or even the way they look at me. And it's to feel like by them, especially during the very dire circumstances that they, we help people join colleges. And we so guided a lot of people toward higher education with advisors who can help them navigate the process. We also provided people with volunteering and was actually evaluation being con- conducted at Manchester Community Central about our work and support in the Afghan hotels. And it revealed that three young people cured employment because of their early in, in volunteering. And so it's easy to forget that we are all human beings and we every one of us has their own culture and identity. And I've met many highly educated um, that are eager to make a positive impact on their community and just waiting for a chance was volunteering. I think volunteering, it's really important for them as well to keep them occupied, to give them a purpose, to give them th- something that they want to wake up and do. And then have lit like many activities and events as well. When you finish the event and then come on approach you and say, we really don't know what we're going to do to you. And and these little, for them, it's very natural, but for person, it, make, it makes me like very emotional and appreciate the wearing and I'm doing like impact people. For community sponsors, well, like when we sponsor families to come to the UK through like a safe route. We have sponsored seven families in different areas within the Diocese of Shrewsbury. And it's really, and then the generosity of the community as well, because this project is only volunteer-led. The amount of commitment from people and dedicated effort from our volunteers are very appreciating. Thank you for sharing that. And they all sound like really great impact. You're absolutely right that the smile on someone's face and the gratitude from somebody and the fact that they can use their useful skills for good uh, while they're waiting for formal work and for all those opportunities to come to them is really good. And uh, I let my guests define impact in any way they choose. It can be numbers or it can be touching the life of one person. So thank you for sharing what you did. How can interested people reach out to you and learn more? Where can they find Um, you? We are very active on social media, so you can find us on Twitter. And if people want to know more about Rosa Biases, they can visit our website, caritashrewsbury.org.uk. And if anyone wants to reach out directly as well, we can connect on Twitter. We really would love to hear back from people and see who is interested in getting involved and supporting us through fundraising. Any volunteering. Thank you. And shout out to volunteers or people who want to fundraise to get in touch with you. What advice would you have for people looking to start a similar movement in another part of the world? As we know, refugees and asylum seekers are now in many parts of the world. How can they support them? How can they get started? Listen to the people first to know what they need. A lot of services will be built by what people think is not effective as well. We have limited resources. I would say to listen to people first, to build trust people and you or your staff, your volunteers, to spend and invest time on that. And then a word of advice I have 
learned that this type of work can be incredibly rewarding, but at the same time, it's physically for anyone that wants to begin this journey and people remember to find that balance and ensure you can see the work and continue making a positive impact. That's a great tip. All of them are great tips, but I particularly like the find the balance because like you said, you're investing so much of yourself in physically and emotionally, possibly mentally as well. How can you make sure that you're getting the time to relax? Very good tip. And one that we can apply in many different uh, lines of work. Thank you for sharing that. Opportunity now for you to talk about anything I haven't asked you about. Because we have Christmas coming, so we need more, um, because we work across like a lot of hotels. We need more volunteers to give us time. The festive season, a lot of gifts will be needed for the children. It's good to have something specifically for them. Usually the things that they have, just like a secondhand thing. So it's really in that festive season, it's really important for them to have a brand new thing for Christmas. We need a lot of volunteering a lot of donations. And if in like after doing fundraising for us, that would be brilliant. Thank you for sharing that, Mona. And I do hope people come forward. You're absolutely right. Everyone wants to feel special around the Christmas. I hope the Mancunians as well as other people around the world might be able to come forward and support. I now move to the signature questions I ask all my guests. And the first one for you is to describe the Mancunian spirit in a word or a phrase. Diverse, welcoming. I feel like it took me a couple of months and I felt like I'm, I was so welcomed from the community, from my daughter. It's so special here. I really don't see myself moving. It's something special about it. And a lot of streets, I feel, oh, this is like very calm places. And then I go to other areas. I feel like this is like home. It's so a bit of everything. I liked what you wrote to me, which is that you're Egyptian by birth and Mancunian yes, by spirit. It is. I feel like Egypt is in my heart, of course, but I feel like... When I go to Egypt, I feel like, oh, when I'm going to come back to Manchester, I feel like calm and peace when I come. And can you share a Mancunian who inspires you and tell us why? I would like to talk up a woman that I've met when I hear people. It's really inspire me. It, it, it really moves me and it gives me like a purpose of what I'm doing. I met her three years ago. Um, she's a refugee from Syria. She came referred by a social worker. She cried throughout the first session when she arrived. She felt lost and broken. She missed her family and she was really desperate to return to her home. No matter difficult the circumstances are in some countries, many refugees still have longing. She wasn't involving. She was very quiet. But gradually over the weeks, she blossomed and it was really amazing for engaging in the activity. Sometimes lead the, the, the sessions as well. Like she's really confident to read the, the sessions. And it's really wonderful to see her come out of her shell. Today, her family are very settled. She set up her own business and a very successful business. She volunteered between her kids, her life, her business. She found time to volunteer with me when the Afghan holes opened to you. And to be honest, working in hotels is a place to volunteer. It's like offering support and of encouragement for everyone that was in the same stage when she was three years. And I remember because sometimes you can get very busy with your life and I asked her, why do you deal with us? It resonated with me. And she said, I know how, how it feels to be in a country, And I know from experience what a difference this support can. Thank you. And it does sound like she's really grown with the support your team provided. And of course, now she's shining herself and helping. You're absolutely right. Having come over myself three years ago, 
I can totally say that friendly faces and somebody to talk to you and show you the way uh, is really helpful. And even the little things, they're done differently here. So whether it be learning to drive yes. or many other <laughs> challenges we have to navigate through, it, it is always nice when somebody who's been here longer can okay. What's the most important life lesson you've learned so far? Actually, growing up, there is this idea that if you want to be successful, you have to be an engineer. And this is why I became an engineer. And then coming to the UK, I felt like, oh my gosh, I can be, I can start to, it just finding your passion and try to follow that. It will take a long time. It, it can be hard. There is some ups and downs because this is the passion. You're going to continue to do I don't want to restrict myself to something. It's not even my dream. And I have to follow what's in my heart. That is how I love that. And this is so true because even when I was younger, living in India, I've also heard those things about the engineering, medicine, a few professions that encouraged. And luckily for me, my parents understood that I wanted to follow communications, which was my profession and has been for now many years. And my brother became a lawyer. We didn't quite comply. The fact that today the world's your oyster, you can choose a profession for a lifetime, for a season, or for something different. Uh, you can just change if you want to. That is yeah. wonderful. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Well, I love traveling. So if I can just disappear in one, another one, that would be great. That would be lovely, right? No commuting. <laughs> no flight. <laughs> Flying, transportation, and combinations of that. It's extremely popular with guests. Of course, sometimes a journey is lovely, but sometimes a journey is something we can do without. I wish I could just click my fingers and <laughs> be where I yeah. need to be. <laughs> is there a funny story or a heartwarming story you'd like to share with listeners to end the podcast? I have a funny one. But it's a very embarrassing one, but it's fine. I will share it. How culture difference be a challenge. It's uh, when I arrived Driving, I took the license. For some reason, in Egypt, we have a job for, for everything. Like someone like stay in the elevator. So when you go to the left, they can press the button. So I to go to the petrol station and I sit in the car for 10 minutes waiting for some, the petrol. And then no one came. And then there is a gentleman approached me and he was just like, knocking, are you waiting for something? And I said, oh, yes, please. I won't fall. And he was just like, and he was like spending five time explaining and how to open the tank. And how to open it as well, because I didn't know how. If he's listening, thank you so much for this value. That is the culture thing. We have someone do that. I'm still learning to drive, but my husband had to teach me how to do that because I was like, how does this work? Because in India, also oh. we have people. <laughs> it's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing your experience as well as all the amazing work you do, Mona. Oh, today. Thank, thank you thank so you much for, Eva, for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was really powerful as well to how you get with this cast and how amazing like everyone's stories and what is the subacts behind in Manchester because I believe that Manchester is a great... Thank you so much for what you Thank you so much. I just love hearing this because obviously it's a tiny podcast, but I'm trying to make social impact through shining a light on all your great stories. I really appreciate oh, it. Mona, I really enjoyed learning about supporting refugees and asylum seekers today. Next week on Tuesday, 30th January 2024, I speak to Victoria Ramsden about mentoring the youth. Dear listener, I hope you were inspired by today's episode and it sparks your passion to make change happen wherever you live and work. 
I would also like to extend a heartfelt thank you to our community for your support and feedback. Your stories inspire this podcast. Share your thoughts at www.meetthemancunian.co.uk because this podcast is your platform too. Connect on socials at the rate Meet the Mancunian on Instagram and Facebook and at the rate Mancunian pod on X. This is more than a podcast, it's a community. Spread the love, share, comment and let's keep building Manchester up. To the podcast's amazing listeners and supporters, you are the true heroes. Keep thriving, keep connecting and remember the power of change lies within us.